Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through, and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash. Instead, try Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant, free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Nothing comes between you and your baby, not even diaper rash. Check out Dr. Mom Butt Balm, available on Amazon or walmart.com. Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. Do fibroids mean that you have to have a cesarean birth? What happens when you unexpectedly get pregnant right after a major abdominal surgery where it was recommended that you not get pregnant for 18 months? When might a cesarean birth be the right option? Let's talk about it in this first story episode with Denise. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. If you're having a baby in the hospital, you are giving birth in a system that too often takes away power from women over what happens in their own bodies. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a practicing board-certified OBGYN who's had the privilege of helping well over a thousand babies into this world. I've been a doctor for over 20 years, and I'm here to help you take back your power, advocate for yourself, and have the beautiful pregnancy and birth that you deserve. This podcast is for educational purposes only, and it's not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 243. Whether this is your first time listening or you have tuned in before, I'm so grateful you're spending some time with me today. 
Denise is a passionate personal and group fitness trainer serving specialty populations since 2016. She works exclusively with individuals with developmental and physical disabilities. She was born and raised in the Tacoma Park, Maryland area and is still in the Washington, D.C. metro area. She and her husband got married in the thick of the pandemic in August 2020 and found out they were pregnant three weeks later. Well, that started them on quite the journey together. Within two years or under two years, I should say, she had three abdominal surgeries, two C-sections and one myomectomy, which is removing uterine fibroids. Both of her pregnancies were high risk and the second one was especially high risk, but she still gave birth to two healthy babies. Both of her birth stories are unique, stressful, and she says, ultimately, beautiful. She believes that by sharing her story, it will help ease the anxiety that any high-risk pregnancy patients out there may be feeling about birth, and I agree. Denise is so open and honest about her feelings and experience. She describes herself as getting hysterical at times. She had a lot of anguish with her second pregnancy, but she also shares how she was able to help keep herself calm and help keep herself at peace during these stressful times. And I know that you're really gonna find this information useful. Now, before we get into the episode, A couple of quick notes. One, have you checked out my free birth plan class? This is a great class to help you make a birth plan in a way that's actually going to work to help you have the birth that you want. Making a birth plan is about so much more than just a piece of paper. Handing that piece of paper to someone when you get at the hospital does absolutely nothing to know whether or not they support what's in that paper. And if you wait until you get to the hospital, that's too late. Making a birth plan should be a conversation so that you understand that your doctor and the hospital where you give birth, those are the two most influential factors in your birth, by the way. You need to understand whether or not they are supporting you in the things that you want for your birth. So check out that free birth plan class. It's drnicolerankins.com forward slash birth plan. Once you register, it just takes you straight to a video. It's an on-demand video class. You'll have access to it forever. So go ahead and hop on that birth plan class. You will not regret it. It's drnicolerankins.com forward slash birth plan. And that class is a great introduction into my teaching style and the way that I approach things. It's kind of a sneak peek or a great way to look at how I approach my online childbirth education class, the birth preparation course. The birth preparation course is my comprehensive childbirth education program that will help you get ready for that hospital birth, get you calm, confident, and empowered to have a birth in the hospital. Getting your support lined up right is some of the things we start off with in the beginning, getting your mindset right. You'll learn all the details of labor and birth, the things that are happening in your body, some possible curveballs that could be thrown your way, how to get off to a great start in the postpartum period. You will love it. So you can check out the birth preparation course at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. All right, let's get into the conversation with Denise. much, Denise, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. I'm excited to have you share your birth stories because they are definitely unique. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Rankins, for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. So why don't you start off a bit by telling us a bit about yourself and your family? 
All right, so my name is Denise. I'm a certified personal trainer from the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Um, I started training in 2016, and I work exclusively with individuals with developmental and physical disabilities, adults oh. and children. Okay. Um, I've been with my husband for six years. We've been married for three. Right. We got married in August of 2020 when the world was very much still shut Upside down. down, okay. Very much so. <laughs> um, um, and just three short weeks after our wedding, we found out that we were expecting. Wow. Yeah. And that was the first of two high-risk pregnancies. And uh, so we have two kids. We mm -hmm. have a beautiful, amazing, energetic two-year-old boy mm -hmm. and a beautiful, <laughs> peaceful, calm one-year-old baby girl. All righty. So you have a full household and those babies are back-to-back, -back, I see. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I was pregnant from 2020, 2021, and oh. 2022. It's okay. Okay. All craziest. right. Well, we're <laughs> going to hear all about it. So we're going to talk a bit more about your second birth, which was actually a planned repeat cesarean. And we'll get into why that was the case. But I do want to talk about a little bit so people can understand your first birth was also a cesarean. So what happened with that? Absolutely. So I was diagnosed with fibroids at the very beginning of that pregnancy. Um, it was my first appointment, first ultrasound, and my physician told me how the fibroids could potentially impact the pregnancy mm -hmm. as well as the labor and delivery. But if all went well, we were going to move forward and plan for a vaginal delivery. Gotcha. Um, and miraculously, everything went well and we were set for um, a vaginal delivery. I was 39 weeks, uh, went to the hospital, got checked in, everything was fine. I was progressing. And then when I hit five centimeters, I stopped progressing. I got stuck. Okay. And I was at five centimeters for hours and hours and hours. Okay. And the evening physician came in and told my husband and I uh -huh. that our baby was experiencing irregular heart tones and recommended okay. that we do an emergency C-section. Okay. And I was terrified and hysterical, sure. right. of course, um, because that wasn't a part of the plan and right. I didn't know what was going on with my son. Right. And right. I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. and it was all over the place. And we called my mother, spoke to her. We called my mother-in-law, got their feedback. And um, I'm still pretty much on edge about it, but the doctor said we have to make a decision quickly. Okay. And so it was just me and my husband. Shout out to my husband, my rock, my everything. <laughs> he cool. He was cool. He was calm and collected. He talked about it. He said, there's, there's no reason for us not to, to trust the doctor and what he's saying to us. Mm -hmm. uh, it's important. Our health, the health of our child is the most important sure. thing. We're in good hands. Let's move forward. And that's how we did the emergency C-section. Okay. Okay. All right. And then how many fibroids did you have? So I had seven, oh. but I had two massive ones. Like, so I had a bronculated one okay. that was about the size of a grapefruit. And then oh. I had another one that was the size of an onion. And then the remainder of the fibroids, they didn't grow, but it was uh -huh. these two. I mean, I, I looked much... Um, bigger sure. than I actually was right. in the pregnancy. So right. when I was 20 weeks, I looked like 25 weeks uh -huh. um, because these they were humongous. So before you were pregnant, did you have symptoms like pressure or just like all like 
bleeding issues or anything that's like, oh, that's what was going on when you realized that you had fibroids? Uh-huh. Absolutely. I had the heavy flow. Uh-huh. I had the debilitating stomach and back pain so much so um, sometimes I couldn't go to class. Mm. I couldn't go into work. I would get physically ill. Like sometimes I would throw up. Right. I would have headaches, the, the low energy. Okay. I had it. I had it all. Okay. And my symptoms started when I was a teenager uh-huh. and I just kind of thought, um, you know, just some women have bad periods and right. some don't, right. you know, it was never a lot of any kind of discussion that I could possibly have fibroids. Sure. No one ever sure. told me that. And at that time, the there weren't. It wasn't social media. There wasn't a lot of. Mm-hmm. It, so, so you were just going this like this. You were just going along like this is this just must be how my life is. Yep, for years. Okay, for years. I mean, wh- when you went to the gynecologist, was there any suspicion or discussion, or it was just like just no. I I would say that you know I have bad periods. Mm-hmm. You know. It's like the first and second day I'd get like really have a heavy flow. Mm-hmm. And then um, the response was go on birth control. Right. Um, but no discussion about fibroids mm-hmm. or, or anything else. It was going on birth control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as women do, you just kept, kept it doing what you had. To, yeah, you kept it, kept moving. it moving. Yes, yes. 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 Okay. So then you had the C-section and the C-section went, uh, uh, well, I presume and recovery went okay. And then a few months after that, like how soon after that, did you have the myomectomy? It was seven months after the emergency C-section. Um, so five months postpartum, uh-huh. my menstrual cycle returned. Okay. And so and so did all those fibroid symptoms. So mm. the back pain, the stomach mm-hmm. pain, the pelvic pain, the headaches, and I'm postpartum. So it was just a really, a really challenging time. Right. Um, get adjusting to a, a an infant, uh-huh. just a really tough time. Right. And my doctor said, you know, you should really get your fibroids removed, and I was very hesitant, but. Um, as I, I told you earlier, they were massive and I could see them and they were still visible. I could feel yeah, them. Because you're tiny, so you could probably yes. see them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you could probably see those big fibroids. Yeah. And she and she said, you know, it, it could impact fertility later on. Uh-huh. And I mean, I, I didn't plan on having more kids. Right. So I was like whatever, but, but <laughs> I would like symptoms to uh-huh. be calmed down. Sure. And she said, if you do get the, um, if you do get them removed, they'll most likely, your symptoms will my, most likely be eliminated or greatly minimized. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, but I was, I was still very, very apprehensive because the recovery of the, um, C-section, it was really, really tough. It was okay. really painful. Okay. So I was, very, very scared, but mm-hmm. um, my doctor's in a practice with a fibroid expert, and okay. she assured that I was in the best hands, and um, I, I very much value and respect her position and mm-hmm. her advice, so right. I moved forward and got the procedure. Okay, okay, so then how did the myomectomy go? The myomectomy recovery was fine. It was, and I think because I had already recovered, you know, had an experience with the C-section recovery, what, right. that my body was... Mm-hmm. Um, adjusted, I guess, to an extent, okay. it had kind of adjusted to it. Okay. Um. So it wasn't it wasn't that bad at all. Um. I like you know, I remember going in and they're 
you know, they're telling me and prepping me and they told me to count down to 99 and I mean, from 99 Uh to one. And I, next thing I remember, I woke up and they said the procedure was done. I was like, what? Okay. Isn't that a weird feeling? Like when you have surgery and they, you know, I had surgery to have my tubes removed and it's the weirdest thing. Like you, all they say is like, okay, we'll see you later. Like all of a sudden it's like, wait, what happened? Like, and you have no recollection of anything that happened to you. It's like a really weird feeling. Um, so then how, how many fibroids did they remove? So they removed five. Okay. They removed the two big ones Uh and then there were three smaller ones. Okay. And then the, the two that were left over were too small. And my doctor was concerned about scarring on the uterus. Got it. She left those there. Okay. Okay. And did you feel better afterwards? Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely felt better. Uh-huh. Dr. Reagan's. I only had one period um, post uh-huh. that surgery uh-huh. because I got pregnant two months after the myomectomy. And I was told not to get pregnant for at least 24 months yeah. to allow my body to heal. And I had every intention to listen to that, Dr. Reagan. Right. I wasn't going to have any more kids. Right. (laughs) And then things happen and. Okay. So what was, I mean, how was your mind? I mean, what were you thinking? How were you feeling? I, I, I had a lot of emotions going on. I was afraid. I think that was the biggest emotion because Mm -hmm. I knew they told me specifically, Mm -hmm. you know, don't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because it, it could be a very complicated um, mm-hmm. pregnancy mm-hmm. with lots of issues and a huge risk mm-hmm. for both you and baby. Mm-hmm. And again, I wasn't planning to have any more kids. Right. So I never even thought that far along. And I was sure. like, what am I going to do? How am I going to, you know, I just recovered from this, this myomectomy. I have a seven, well, nine month year old, at nine, nine month year old child. Uh-huh. How am I going to do this? I have a business. Like, how am I going to still be pregnant and still take care of this baby? And uh, I just, I was like, I can't do this. I cannot do it. I cannot go through another pregnancy. I can't do it. Oh and I, I cried um, because it was really tough, you know, yes. fibroids from the first pregnancy. And that was my only experience. Right. So I, I was, I was, terrified absolutely terrified oh my gosh that I, I, that's a that's a tough situation yeah. to be in did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega 3s into ritual their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 dha in every serving one of the reasons i like ritual is that it's a female founded b corp meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health but also the health of people and our planet in addition to those omega-3 dhas to support baby's brain development ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. Thank you. 
Did your doctor even mention like, do you want to continue with the pregnancy? Do you, was there any discussion about that at all? She did ask me if I wanted to continue with the pregnancy uh-huh. and then we talked about the risk uh-huh. associated with everything that had happened mm-hmm. from the section to the myomectomy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she said, I have seen women carry mm-hmm. and everything go fine, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, you, I will assure you, we will give you top tier care. Mm-hmm. She gave me a personal cell phone number. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Call me, text me. We will make sure that we do everything we can to have a successful pregnancy. Right. And I was like, I can't do it. I, I don't think I can do it, but I don't, I can't terminate either. Okay. I don't, I can't do it. Right. Right. And I, I had to come to grips that I was actually pregnant. I think I definitely went through a season of disbelief. Uh-huh. And then mm-hmm. once it sunk in and I mm-hmm. accepted it, I was like, okay, what's the game plan, coach? What are we going right. to do? Okay. Okay. And how was your husband feeling through all of this? <laughs> Shout out to my husband. <laughs> Shout out to my husband because he, he is my, was and is my rock through right. the whole thing. He, he never... Uh, got emotional. Uh-huh. He was always very sound and very calm and okay. very rational okay. um, through the process and said, this isn't what we planned, but it is what it is. Right. And Baby is loved. And I love you. Let's go get it. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. There we go. Yeah. All right. So then what was your pregnancy and your prenatal care like? Yes. Yeah, so um, I was referred to a maternal fetal medicine specialist. Sure. So um, as I was with my first pregnancy, mm-hmm. I was high risk for, for many reasons, not okay. just the, the myomectomy, okay. and the fibroids or advanced maternal age. Um, I was also diagnosed with gestational diabetes during that pregnancy, the second okay. one. Okay. So I had a lot going on. I I mean, you had to feel like, cause you, you do fitness. So it's like, <laughs> like, why is this ha- Like, why? Why? Yeah. I, I, you know, and throughout my whole life, everyone told me, you know, you're fit. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy is going to be easy for you. Right. Like it's, it's right. going to be a please. And right. so that, that was hard too. Sure. Like all of these things that was, ha- I was also anemic. Okay. So I just, I had a lot going on, uh-huh. but the pregnancy was a lot more, comfortable okay than the previous pregnancy and i think it's because you know the the fibroids were gone those big sure. massive fibroids were gone so i was right. so i appeared smaller i was just much more comfortable i wasn't as in much pain i had a lot of pain during the first pregnancy okay but the second pregnancy not not so much um okay. and i was really intentional about trying to enjoy it and not stress and mm-hmm. be angst because i was under a lot of stress at that time right um, but my, the maternal fetal medicine specialist, my physician, um, they were just so gentle okay, and nurturing mm-hmm. and compassionate with me. Everyone from the medical assistants uh-huh. to the receptionists right. and the administrative coordinators, right. they were just, everyone, all hands on deck. And I'm just so, so grateful for the care that I received because I know I wouldn't have gotten to the finish line right. without them. Sure. I mean, I'm grateful, beyond grateful. Yeah, yeah, wow. Did your fibroids, did the ones that were left, did they grow or anything during pregnancy or did they just kind of? No, they were complete non-factor. Okay. Which was uh, amazing to me Mm -hmm. because, um, 
you know, I had such massive ones in that first one. Mm-hmm. So I was really concerned with what, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But no, complete non-factor. Okay. Okay. All right. So then you knew from the beginning that you were going to have to have a a, a planned C-section for sure. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, my physician told me that would be the safest and best route mm-hmm. for me and baby, um, especially because we had that myomectomy, uh-huh. all these procedures under a year. Gotcha. Um, so they said at 37 weeks, uh-huh. we would plan for a C-section. Okay. And that's what I was going to ask. If they said, if it was going to be 37 weeks, like we're not even going to uh, oh, yeah. wait for, for, for one contraction to happen. Right. We're going <laughs> to go ahead and plan the C-section as under control circumstances yep. as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. Then you had some time to, you, you knew what, you knew what to plan for it. You knew like your due date might've been one thing, but that baby was coming three weeks before that. Yes. And yeah. the baby was born on my birthday. Oh, <laughs> So you all share a birthday (laughs) and I, we will get to what happened with the C-section in just a minute, but is there anything that you did in particular to plan for the C-section? Yeah. Um, I was really intentional about my mental and emotional health, Right, making sure that I was calm because again, I had so much stacked up against me Mm -hmm. with, going into this pregnancy and I wanted to enjoy it. And I knew if I was not together, if my mental health Mm -hmm. and my stress Mm -hmm. and my emotions were not managed, this was going to be a much more difficult process. Gotcha. So I made sure that I was calm Uh and I was very um, mindful about the stuff that I was consuming in terms of like the things that I was watching or the things that I was listening to at this particular time, the there was a like a Kevin Hart movie that came out on Netflix, uh-huh. and it was about um, him being a father because he lost his wife during childbirth. Mm. No, that, yeah, I, no, I refused to watch that. Sure. I, um, I really wanted to watch Aftershock, the documentary. Uh, mm-hmm. I refused to watch that okay. or read anything about um, very sad and tragic. Uh, maternal health outcomes right. for other people. Right. I, I avoided all of that kind of content because I just needed to be as calm and peaceful mm-hmm. and optimistic as possible. Sure, sure, sure. And it doesn't sound like you were like, like you knew the possibility of things that could happen, but you just were intentional that like constantly hearing about it isn't going to help Serve you. me. It's not, yeah, mm-hmm. it was just going to make mm-hmm. me, you know, because I'm one of those people I can go from zero to a hundred instantly, sure. you know, and I can fixate on all the negative possibilities. Right. Right. And so I had to do something to combat yep. that aspect of yeah. my personality. That makes sense. That makes sense. So was there anything that you wanted in particular for your, your cesarean? Yes, absolutely. Um, I wanted to be with a doctor professionals that I had some kind of history with okay you know, with the emergency c-section i didn't know anybody uh, like right any of those no no none of the nurses i didn't right, know any of us so right. i really wanted to be with someone that i had a history sure with i had a relationship with okay um, and that is how i end up having the baby on my birthday okay my maternal fetal specialist uh-huh. uh, she said i'm available on these days and these days and i was like well can we do it the day before my birthday or the day after right. and she was 
like, I'm not available on those days. This is a day. Okay. And like, here we go. That's okay. going to be the day. Okay. Oh, so you're, so the maternal fetal medicine specialist actually yep. did your CSA. Okay. That's yep. not that common because a lot of MFM doctors oh, don't, really? yeah, a lot of them don't even go, they don't operate anymore. They just do ultrasound or just stay in the office. So, oh, wow. mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, she, she was my, um, yes, yeah, she was there with me okay. from beginning to end. Okay. Okay. And that, that was one, that was the, like the main thing. And then making sure my husband was with me, um, the first pregnancy, you know, it was still very, we were still under pre- COVID protocols. So I wanted him uh, to be okay. close and connected with me sure. as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I made that very clear. Yeah. Um, and it was honored. Okay. Good, 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 good. So then was there anything that you were scared about or worried about that could happen with your C-section? Everything. Okay. You know, all, all of the risks mm-hmm. that, you know, um, my maternal fetal medicine specialist and physician, you know, told me, mm-hmm. which I appreciated, um, you know, those were at the, the forefront of my head mm-hmm. when we were going in, like, you know, any, anything can happen. Okay. So yeah, I, I was afraid of everything. Okay. Okay. So I'm sure they mentioned the risk of bleeding, hysterectomy, mm-hmm. all of the things. Yes, yeah. All of those things. Yeah. And I, I even got really hysterical when we were talking about those things. Um, in the beginning, I had to go through a lot of paperwork uh-huh. and we talked about, you know, you lose a lot of blood if you need to remove your uterus. Right. Like, like these are the possibilities. Right. And I was, I lost it. Okay. I lost it. Okay. Okay. What, what helped you do you, or do you feel like you kind of came to terms with it? Like on the day of the C-section or what helped you to kind of go into the moment or was it just kind of like, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna go with it. Like what helped you, you feel like? You know, I think what helped is that my maternal fetal medicine professional was Uh there with my doctor, excuse me, was there with me. Uh Uh-huh. And so she came when I was having a meltdown uh-huh. with my nurses who were amazing. I had just met that right. morning. They right. were very kind and nurturing. But when she came, uh-huh. we started talking and I was like, this is somebody familiar to me that's mm-hmm. going to be there with me. And every she was just so, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm right here with you. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure you're okay. Right. We're going to be fine. Right. And um, my husband listened to her babe. We're gonna be fine. Okay. My mother, my mother was also there. Okay, and she said, "It's we're gonna be fine. We're all, everyone is here for mm-hmm. you and with you. We're gonna be fine." Okay, and um, that's what calmed me down. Mm-hmm. And then she actually walked with me to the operation room. Okay, my uh, maternal fetal medicine doctor. Okay. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode, and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. 
I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the all about pregnancy and birth community. Now back to the show. So then how did the cesarean go? It went really well. Um, like I said, it, because it wasn't an emergency and it was so quick, mm-hmm. everything was really controlled uh-huh. and, and orderly. And um, the anesthesiologist was was awesome. Uh-huh. The surgeon was awesome. Uh, there were some interns in there. Okay. Uh, medical students, uh-huh. excuse me. Okay. They were there. Okay. Dr. Rankins, I had my makeup done. Okay, you were all right. <laughs> uh, they were like, yes, like <laughs> you look great. Uh, we're going to make sure your makeup is still fine. Uh-huh. Uh, so they were, you know, they, they kept me relaxed. They were asking me about reality TV and, you know, how do you feel? Are you okay? Um, shortly after I got the epidural, my husband then came in. Uh-huh. That calmed everything. Um, it was really cold. I remember okay. being very, very cold. Right. I didn't remember that from the previous uh, pregnancy, but I was very cold, epidural. Um, it didn't initially work. Uh, I, I still had a lot of feeling. Right. So um, that was a little scary to me uh-huh. because I could still feel stuff. Right. And they had me on the table uh-huh. and then they... Tilted table, uh-huh. yeah. So from what I under how it was explained to me, the medicine would yep. travel yep. faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had to do these uh, tests, like these. Okay, can you feel this? Right. And then they would go further down. Can you feel this? And I right. kept feeling it, and I could kind of hear them talking. She keeps feeling it. Right. But then eventually, I was numb. Okay. On hyperventilating. Of that course. Process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I was numb. And then we we moved forward. They kept me occupied. They were talking to me. They kept me calm. And I, I could kind of feel pressure. Uh-huh. My doctor was talking to me. I could hear her voice. Right. She was saying, Denise, are you okay? Everything's fine here. My husband was talking to me. I had a lavender stick. Okay. One of the medical students was uh, put it right by my nose uh-huh. so I could smell it okay. to keep me calm. Right. So, and then... A little bit of pressure. They told me you're going to feel pressure, and then I heard my daughter cry. Uh-huh. Waterworks came. Aww. They allowed us to have our phones, so they took pictures. They allowed uh-huh. us to take pictures uh-huh. of her. So it was a very, very beautiful process. Oh, um, nice. And I got to. They brought her over to me. Uh-huh. She said they put her on my chest. Still, while you were in the OR. Yeah, still while I was in the OR, uh-huh. and it was it was a, it was a nice calm, not a traumatic experience. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So it sounds like it was as good as it could have been. Yeah. I think all things considered, mm-hmm. it was a, as good as it could be. Okay. Okay. And did you have any issues with bleeding or was it a complicated surgery or anything like that? No complications with the surgery. 
Um, I know I could hear, I remember hearing the surgeon and my physician, maternal fetal medicine physician talking about how they had to move quickly. Uh I could hear that. Right. Um, but, um, no, no word of, um, intense bleeding. Okay. 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 And then how was your recovery for the second C-section? You know, I, I thought it was similar to my recovery from the myomectomy. Okay. And I, and I, I think just my body had like adjusted to it, or uh-huh. I guess those nerves had already been cut from the first C-section. Uh-huh. It wasn't, it wasn't like that, that first recovery. It was actually okay. Definitely took my time. Everyone told me, don't try to jump the gun and right. do too much. Right. I was very compliant, right. very, very compliant with all of the instructions that they gave me. Um, and I think uh, I healed pretty well. Okay, good, good. And then did your daughter have any issues? Because sometimes babies born at 37 weeks have a little bit of trouble transitioning or feeding. Did she have any concerns or? No, she had um, no issues latching and eating. She could hear, she could see, she passed the jaundice test, the hearing test. Okay. Um, So they kept us for three days Uh and after she had all her tests and they assessed her. They did a um, ultrasound on her brain. Okay. Um, everything was fine. Oh, why'd they do that? They did an ultrasound on her brain because during the pregnancy, uh-huh. um, there was, um, and from what I understand, how it was explained to me, right? Um, it looked like one side of her brain was a little larger than the other. Okay. But my the maternal fetal medicine, my physician said that it's sometimes difficult to tell the bigger that you get with the ultrasound. Sure. They said we would wait until she's born and then do the ultrasound on her brain to just double check and make sure everything's okay. 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 All right. And when you look back on, oh, and I guess I should ask, what about postpartum? Like breastfeeding? Did you breastfeed? Did you have any issues postpartum? Oh, it was a breastfeeding was a, a way better experience the second time around. Okay. The first time, the first time I almost quit because it was so painful. Mm -hmm. It was so painful. Like I I had the, I had the milk, but it was just an intense pain. Okay. And I was like, I I, I don't know if I can do this, but I stuck it it out. So I was really scared the second time around, Mm -hmm. but we had no issues. Okay. We had no issues. Okay. All right. Good, 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 good. And have you had any more, how are your fibroids? Are they just status quo? Like how are things with your fibroids? Yeah, my status, they're um, stable. Okay. They're, they're stable. I've had, I've had no issues. My menstrual cycle has improved. Okay. Still, you know, minimal um, symptoms. The symptoms have dramatically dulled down. Okay. Okay. I, it's not as nearly as painful. Right. The flow isn't nearly as heavy. Uh-huh. Um, and I have more energy. Gotcha. When you look back comparing like what your periods were like then versus what they are now, is it like, how was that going through that? I, yeah, before? absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I can't believe I lived through that. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it was like 20 years of that. Yeah. Of this, these insanely heavy flows. Like I, I, I didn't know until you know, the social media world and, mm-hmm. and following positions such as yourself and people talking about fibroids that those really intense, insane flows, mm-hmm. that's not normal. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that yeah. back then. Yeah. 
Um, So I'm just like, wow, I really wish I would have gotten, I clearly had them, Mm -hmm. you know, back then. And I wish I I, um, had addressed it earlier. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's, it's, it's unfortunate when when people always have that experience and they're like, if I would have known or if somebody would have, you know, brought it to my attention that it was a possibility how things could have been different. But I'm glad you you're, you know, got got things under better control now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And then I guess my last question is, do you feel like do you feel any sort of sadness or regret that you didn't have a vaginal birth or weren't able to or? Anything like that? Yeah. If I'm being honest, Mm -hmm. sometimes I do. Mm -hmm. You know, there have been um, conversations that I've had just with random people. Mm -hmm. One one time this woman said, oh, you cheated. You cheated. I knew you You wouldn't be like, I knew you did not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I got cut open. I didn't cheat nothing. Yes. um, She definitely told me I cheated and I didn't really have the baby. So that, that was really painful. That that was, that was definitely painful. See, Um, so unnecessary and so not true. Like, why would somebody say that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. um, Okay. I, I, I was really shocked. I, yeah, I was, my feelings were really hurt and it did make me feel like, wow, I really wish you know, she didn't say that, but it made me feel like, wow, I wish I would have had a vaginal pregnancy. Yeah. It made me feel like a little bit like it wasn't authentic and mm-hmm. authentic, birth, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even though I know mm-hmm. that I, it, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Same for me. I had two C-sections also, and I still feel the same yeah. sort of, you know, um, so I, I can 1000% relate. So, all right. So as we wrap up, what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's having a baby? I would say um, prioritize your mental, emotional, and physical health. Yeah. Um, because pregnancy is just so unpredictable. It's so unpredictable. Even the best planners, the most <laughs> fit people in the world um, can have complications. Mm-hmm. And um, if you manage your health physically, mentally, emotionally, um, navigating those risks, those obstacles that you may face will just be much easier. It'll just be better. It'll be better for you. It'll be better for baby. Mm -hmm. It'll be better for your support system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's my advice. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So where can women connect with you? You can say nowhere or it's up to you. (laughs) (laughs) I am online Uh at Cruise Control Fitness okay. uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And Cruise is spelled C-R-U-S-E. Okay. Um, so like Tom Cruise without the I. Gotcha. Um, I'm also cruisecontrolfitness.com. Okay. All right. I think that's really um, admirable work that you do, by the way. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a delight talking to you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was. It's been an awesome chat. Wasn't that a great story? I so appreciate Denise coming on and sharing her story and just really, really appreciate her honesty and just open conversation about both of her births. Now, after every episode, when I have a guest on, I do something called Dr. Nicole's Notes, which are my top takeaways from the conversation. And these are my Dr. Nicole's Notes from my conversation with Denise. And I got a few. So first off, I'm going to be honest. As doctors, we too 
frequently cover up symptoms instead of trying to figure out what's causing the issue. Denise complained about heavy periods, but there wasn't an investigation into why she was having heavy periods. It was just suggested that she get on birth control pills. And that's not the way things should go. We should always look to see if there is an underlying reason for something. And then we fix the underlying condition and not just trying to mask things with medications. Now, there's nothing wrong with medications, of course. And actually, birth control pills may help in heavy periods with fibroids. But you want to know what the underlying issue is and not just dump medications on top of symptoms. Now, this doesn't mean that we always find a reason for things. And sometimes it can take some time to uncover why things are happening. Uh, Pelvic pain is a big one that can be difficult to figure out what's going on. But the point I'm making is that we have to try. We can't just say, oh, take these pills, you know, take that. We have to look at the underlying causes of things in a holistic way, by the way. So not just physical causes, mental health causes, what are you eating, your stress, all of those things, and then come up with a comprehensive plan from there. All right, number two is, I love the way Denise mentioned the importance of mindfulness and overall health. It's so important to protect your peace. She mentioned that she couldn't look at a documentary that was about black maternal health and women dying during childbirth because it was going to be too much for her. She knew that it was going to get her anxious and not necessarily be helpful for her during her pregnancy. And to be clear, this doesn't mean that you ignore potential problems, but it can be really easy to get consumed in that doom and gloom cycle, that doom and gloom space of information. And you don't necessarily want to stay there. So I'm not saying that you ignore the possibility that problems can occur. I'm not saying that at all. As a matter of fact, you should be prepared for the possibility that problems can occur, but you don't want that to overshadow your joy. You don't want that to take an outsized role in what is happening and what is um, you know, going on in your pregnancy. You don't want that to be the focus. So definitely protect your peace. This is one of the things in the birth preparation course that I talk about. The very first lesson in the course is actually on mindset because mindset and birth is just going to get you such a long way in terms of having the birth experience that you want, regardless of if things go exactly how you anticipate it. Okay. Next thing I want to say is about cesarean births. Cesarean births can truly be beautiful. They don't have to be these, this painful, stressful thing. You can still do delayed core clamping at the time of a cesarean. You can skill, still do skin-to-skin contact in the operating room. It may not be right away, but it can happen in the operating room. You can create a nice environment in the OR with music playing, things like that. It doesn't have to be you know, doom and gloom. And I also want to thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly dispute the claim that someone told her, fix their mouth to say this a cesarean birth is cheating. That is so just completely disrespectful. Don't say that to anyone. I know none of y'all would ever say that to anyone. It is not cheating. It's a major abdominal surgery. And you still gave birth. You grew a whole human being inside of your body. And there's nothing that's a failure about that. So it's not a failure. It's not like you did anything wrong. And it certainly ain't cheating, okay? 
Okay. Remember that you still give birth. You grew a whole baby. Know that, believe that, and don't let anybody tell you anything different. Okay. And the last thing I want to tell you is if you want to learn more about fibroids and pregnancy, then check out episode 103 of the podcast. That's drnicolerankins.com forward slash episode 103. And you can learn like when it's appropriate to have a C-section with fibroids. One of the big things that people, um, that we don't do a good enough job of explaining is that if you had fibroids that were removed from the, what's called the contractile portion of the uterus, the part of the uterus that squeezes, then cesarean is the safer option because if, if during labor, your uterus is squeezing over those scars. Yes, we put the uterus back together when we take out fibroids, but not as strong as it was um, without surgery. And if the uterus is squeezing, squeezing, squeezing against those scars where the fibroids were, and they could potentially burst open and that's catastrophic and awful and can be life-threatening potentially. So that's why you have to have a C-section depending on where your fibroids were removed from. But I go into all of the details about that, different types of fibroids, how it can impact your birth, how you can have a vaginal birth with fibroids, all of that in that particular episode, that's 103. Okay. So that is it for this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. You can subscribe wherever you are listening to me right now. And if you can leave me a note in Apple Podcasts, that's great. A five-star review would be lovely if that's what you think. You can leave that note there for me. Let me know what you think about the show. Also share this podcast with a friend. Sharing helps them and it helps me to reach and serve as many pregnant people as I can. I am on a mission to do so. Come check me out on Instagram. Also, I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. I'm thinking about starting a like um, answer, like ask me something and I'll answer in the podcast. I'm kind of working on that in my head. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, let me know what you think about the show. Anything you want me to talk about on Instagram. I'm on Instagram again at Dr. Nicole Rankins. So that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.